Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lunch Pale Podcast. Alongside Mike Nizolik, the Virginia Tech football beat writer for the Roanoke Times, this is Aaron McFarling, sports columnist for the Roanoke Times. We have a victory to talk about this week, Mike. Crazy. And a wild one at that. <laughs> and a wild one at that over arch rival. What was the final? I don't even have the final in front of me. 34-31 overtime. 34-31 in overtime, Brian Johnson's kick 43 yarder i believe it was holds up as the game winner uh it's 15 straight in the commonwealth cup for, for virginia tech they had a lot of fun drinking out of it on the field and i'm sure afterwards as well mike uh just your thoughts on uh that game and i, I want to pose it this way do you feel more like virginia lost this game or virginia tech won this game uh, you know it, in the, the final minutes, Virginia Tech had to make so many plays to extend it, and it wasn't like they were easy plays to make. Uh, you know, you look at that Dalton Keene catch. Um, guy was in position. Dalton Keene just made a better play. Uh, and some of those things that happened on the stretch, I, they weren't, um, you know, Virginia mistakes. They didn't make any sort I mean, the fumble, yeah, maybe, but, I mean, that was a tough – I mean, if you go back and watch that play uh, – there were Rashard Ashby was unblocked going, you know, he had Perkins wrapped up. Perkins didn't have time to think, and it was just sort of a miscue, but I don't think it was sort of like a mental mistake. It was just sort of a blitz at the right time, and, 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 and everything kind of went right on that play. Uh, I think Virginia Tech won it, uh, and I know uh, Virginia, Virginia fans may view it differently just because uh, they might see it now as a bit of a curse that things went kind of haywire. Um, uh, but Virginia Tech, you know, they had that kind of stretch where they allowed the four straight touchdowns. But it wasn't like they were out of it. I mean, they had the halftime lead. I think it should have been bigger. I think they should have been up maybe 28 to nothing at halftime. Uh, and then they don't have to have that heroics. Um, so it wasn't like, um, you know, Virginia Tech had played bad the whole game and needed to come back. They needed to come back in the final minute, but it was a very close game throughout. Uh, and Virginia Tech just made more plays in those final five minutes uh, to win the game. Yeah, it was really foreign for us this year because – uh, there's been a couple of games. I guess the UNC game, which I did not attend, was kind of like that in that you didn't know which way you were going to go in terms of writing because it felt like a hokey victory at halftime. I mean, you felt per- you know pretty good about what you were writing about. And then all of a sudden when, when they took a four-point lead over Virginia Tech, I thought Virginia Tech's going to lose. I mean, it's just the way this season has gone. It, it, was, it wasn't going to be uh, a scenario where they come back and win the game. What what was the standout moment to you in this game? Of all the big plays, big moments, which one stood out to you the most? Yeah, I mean, the fumble's pretty big at the end of the game, but, but obviously that sealed the win. But, I mean, I think it has to be that sequence – uh, when they held him to the field goal. I thought that game was over once Ryan Willis threw that interception uh, inside the 15-yard line. Um, I thought they were just going to run it in and two possessions with less than four minutes left and no timeouts. Virginia Tech uh, didn't really, I mean, statistically, fun to admit after the game, I mean, you look at it and all those kind of uh, percentage calculators that ESPN does, and you know, it would have been 0%, 1% chance uh, if they scored that touchdown. Um, and uh, one of the plays he mentioned, I wrote about it yesterday, was that uh, there was a bust. Um, uh, uh, Taiwan Gabbard cut inside, and Ricky Walker had to shed two blockers to kind of stop Ellis on a, on a short gain to set up a third and long. Um, and so everything kind of had to go right on those four plays. And that was really the, you know, the, only the second time they stopped him in the half. Um, and you could, 
in, in previous games, when the defense has faced that adversity, they've kind of crumbled. Um, uh, they've crumbled quite a bit, <laughs> and not in not in very good ways. Just allowed big touchdown runs or just quick quick scores, and um, they held on to it. I don't know if it was just sheer will, like I said, Ricky Walker in the middle of that. Just I'm not going to lose this one because uh, none of that, none of the other stuff. I mean, look the. Uh, Keen catch. I mean, you go back and watch that. That is a ridiculous catch. Yeah, he launched over that guy. Um, some of the plays that they Ryan Willis escaping all sorts of pressure and, and extending people's plays. Fumble too. People's fumble. Oh, but none of that happens if they don't set up. The, I mean, maybe it does, but it doesn't matter because they're still down another possession. So I think you got to say for the for a defense that's been really really malign and struggling and deservedly so i think criticized they stood up and 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 that sequence probably i think is your your season right now yeah it's a great point because i was asked on the radio earlier today about robert and i's play calling the offensive coordinator for virginia you know they're, they're virginia fans there's a lot of them who are very upset they think that you know he went too conservative uh you know once they got ahead but i'm I'm with you, man. When that ball, when when he throws that pick, I'm thinking two runs and they're in the end zone. I mean, I, I don't know why you would try fancy things. I I felt like th- they would just be able to gash Virginia Tech, right? and that that does show you something that they held their ground, and that is Ricky Wa- a big Ricky Walker factor in there, I think. But I also don't, you know, what do you want to do? Pitch it around? You want to throw? You want to throw fade patterns? I mean, you know. and Perkins wasn't perfect. I mean, he was better in the second half, but in that first half he struggled. He didn't look 100 percent as you mentioned. Right. So I mean, you're getting late in the game, and and you know he made some errant throws. It wasn't like he was uh, uh, perfect. So they tried to run the ball a couple of times, and it wasn't like those. I mean, those plays hadn't worked. I mean, they were opening up the middle of the defense because they're having success outside. So um, I didn't really think it was an issue of play calling for Virginia. I just thought Virginia Tech defense finally made a few plays I, I, I mean it's rare i mean virginia had scored so quickly like four straight times like you just think they could have done anything and so i didn't see any difference between what they were doing on that drive with a short field versus what they did to sort of open it up yeah i think these virginia fans that have not seen an, enough hokey football this year you know like to know what what's supposed to happen in that situation or what what you're not worried about them you're just trying to get the best play call and that's what they were trying to yeah, do yeah yeah i mean so i i just but yeah, that that win, obviously a big deal to the seniors. Obviously a big deal to this team. Uh, but it also it really steps on the neck of Virginia. I mean, you know, Virginia, this was supposed to be the year, right? I mean, we've heard we've heard it before, but not as strong as this. I mean, as I wrote going into Friday's game, I said, I said, well, you said you're never going to be. You did. You said not to fool yourself, and then you picked him, and then. It didn't, it just no, didn't work out. You're right. You're right. I mean, I'll never learn, I guess. But uh, it was, you know, that, that now, and they put so much emphasis into it, Virginia did. Well, that's, I think, the discipline. When you spend a year saying we got to do it, and then you right. don't do it, how do you recover from What What do you say to your team when you've spent the year focused? You know, Virginia's text philosophy is the complete opposite. We don't look at that game until the week of. You know, right. we'll talk and say it's important. We want to beat them. But, I mean, it's not like in June they're putting a clock up that says beat beat virginia i mean you know they'll, ha- they'll happily display the commonwealth cup but it's not the focus of the season um but and you know virginia tech it's weird they still have so much to play for now <laughs> it's just a strange stretch of games because it's a lim- elimination play and that's what i said you know virginia had a lot to play for but ultimately the loss doesn't didn't really affect their season standing at all it just sort of affected their the sort of the psyche of the program and that's one 
difference between this year and a lot of other years for Virginia is that they do have an opportunity to get this taste out of their mouths, yeah. at least partially. Uh, they'll, they won't you know, forget about this for sure. But uh, And for Virginia Tech, <laughs> it is a strange situation because that – that Virginia game is the punctuation mark on the regular season every other year. And now they've got to get ready to play another game. What do you think? Any problems with getting back up after such an emotional roller coaster uh, eight I, days earlier? I don't think so, just because it, it's not just sort of an extra game where you're trying to play for stats or just try to pad your record or you don't get from the uh, – what is it? Like the um, – the second tier bowls of the camping world bowl or something you're looking to get to the postseason um you need the win it's at home again um which you know we've said hasn't been friendly but the fans showed up i thought uh by and large on friday and i think uh with this being a general admission game 25 dollars tickets um i I think that'll kind of help and um you know, I get the sense that they thought they were going to beat Virginia too, <laughs> that they never really sort of doubted it. So it wasn't like – I don't think they were surprised that that had happened, so it wasn't like um, – I think they'll be able to shift focus, I guess. What What does that mean, general mission? I mean, first come, first serve? You Basically, yeah, you, get, yard line? you can sit at the 50-yard line if you're the first there. Yeah, you can okay. plot yourself down. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, and I know there's been some excitement in, in – in, um, Huntington, West Virginia. I mean, they're they're excited about this game, and I think they're going to gobble up some of those tickets as well. So it will be interesting to look at the crowd split. And it's a noon game for the first time all season. Uh, I'm thankful for that. Yeah, they get a nice dinner afterwards. Uh, I wonder um, just what the fan split will look like. Obviously, there'll be more Hokie fans than Marshall fans, but I think Marshall might bring a fairly solid contingent. Uh, it's a pretty good fan base out there. We've been uh, I've covered games there before when Tech went there, so. Um, what what stands out to you about Marshall? I mean, I know they're eight and three. They're six. And, they were six and two in conference USA. Um, they beat Old Dominion. That's something Virginia Tech can't say. They had a nice win over Florida International, which is a decent team that's going to go to a bowl game uh, in their most recent game. So, what's what do they need to look out for here? Well, Bud Foster uh, met with the media. He talked about their skilled players, and I didn't see the UNC team he was talking about a couple years ago. I don't know if you remember that team. He said that their yeah, their, I did. Their skill players remind him of that team. So a lot of possession receivers, you know, guys buzzing around. What so, year was that? Did he say for North Carolina? I think he said three years ago. So was maybe, that Trubisky's? Maybe four years was that ago. Trubisky's? Yeah, would have one of his season, seasons, but the Switzer um, and those guys. Yeah, so that's what kind of stood out to him. Uh, defensively, their numbers are pretty impressive. Uh, only allowing twenty points uh, per game this season, uh, three hundred twenty-four yards. Both are in the top twenty-five nationally. Uh, rushing defense is really good. Um, only allowing 100 yards per game, but that's uh, okay since Virginia Tech's uh, rushing offense hasn't been sort of the focal point, and, and you know did did well uh, against Virginia, um, a little worse against the pass. So that's kind of where uh, they're at. They like you said, they've won three straight. Their best win coming last week against FIU in a close game. Uh, Charlotte and UTSA were the teams before that. They both have uh, losing records. Um, you know, they lost to Southern Miss. That's the, one of the tougher teams uh, they've played. Lost to Middle Tennessee um, and NC State. So, I mean, the, t- the top teams they've played, they've lost to. Um, but it's a game that they're very excited to play from what we understand. Uh, you know, the players really want to kind of end Virginia Tech's season. Um, so they won't come in without any motivation. This would be a big – this would be kind of fe- a feather in their cap to kind of steal this one. Um, and, and Bud Foster talked about how two of his former players are on that staff. And he said deep down he thinks that they want the streak to continue. But um, they're going to be trying trying their best. 
Yeah, it's J.C. Price and Cornell Brown are on that staff. No, clearly the schedule that Marshall played is not not Tech's caliber of schedule. So I mean, the the record is 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 better, but it's it's not it hasn't been forged against uh, a murderer's row of opponents. And that, and what their game that was canceled was the South Carolina game, which could have been a potential another loss there too. So, but th- certainly I mean the Vegas set the line at four. I mean that's favorites for Virginia Tech. Virginia yeah. Tech. Um, which I, you know, people were surprised Virginia Tech's favorite. I'm not surprised at all they're favored. Uh, it was just a matter of how much, and I think that sounds about right. You know, a little bit more than a field goal. So yeah, you have to think about it if you're a gambler. Which way do you think this one's going to go? I said last week that I thought the season would end <laughs> fittingly uh, with this game. Uh, I'm torn about it because I do think that they showed a lot. Um, uh, against Virginia. I thought that was the kind of the team uh, other than that defensive stretch in the second half we'd see more of this season. Um, but I'm leaning, I, I guess, Marshall, just because I, I had to kind of go with my word and what I said last week. So I'll say like uh, Marshall 31, Virginia Tech 24. Even though I don't think it's like a solid, solid, you know, I could easily see Virginia Tech escaping with the win. I don't think it'll be a blowout either way. I think it'll be a close game. But um, just because I said that's kind of how I, how I feel the season would be a fitting end from the ups and downs, all the emotion, the injuries. Um, you know, when you see that defense, you see it get worn down in the second half. I think the, the kind of the key to the game really is offensively uh, in the first half. Um, and I asked Justin Fuente about this. Um, some of those not being aggressive on that fourth down, yeah. uh, try, going for a field goal and settling for a punt. Um, you got to go for it, I think, at this point. And, they, and especially now, uh, since, you know, you get past Virginia on that hurdle, I don't think you'd be crushed as much if something doesn't work out. But with this offense, you need points. You need to get points on the board, make that defense feel a little better because I, I just think putting them in a bad spot, you get a 21-0 lead uh, in that first half against Virginia, um, I think you're feeling much better. I just think you want to kind of put teams away early and, and get points on the board, but they've been – because they've been moving the ball. When you get inside the 35, 30-yard line, you got to come away with points um, in the first half, and that's kind of been their struggles. And I think it's set up the defense poorly because it is a young defense that runs out of steam. You have to give them some cushion. You know, I think teams are going to score points against Virginia Tech, uh, unlike past years, and you have to allow for that. So the offense – and as, as offense that struggled in the second half as well – Get points when you can. Don't come away. Four, three out of their first four possessions they got inside the 35 came up with zero, zero points. Yeah, I remember what I was going to say earlier now. Doc Holliday, the coach at Marshall. That's a great name. Is that what you were going to say? Yeah, no, that is a great name. He mentioned, you know, that, that Marshall's going to have a lot of fans throughout the country uh, for those six and six teams that, you know, there's there's too many teams with yeah, six, there's like six four, records. Four teams are going to be left on, on the outside. So, you you know, and if Tech gets to six and six, they're getting a bowl. So you, you, can, you can boot them out, and that leaves a spot for somebody else. So there will be a lot of uh, outside of Blacksburg. I'm not sure who's going to be rooting for Virginia Tech. Another interesting note about this game, it's only the second game ever played in Lane Stadium in December. Uh, the first was the Miami game with the Ernest Wilford two-point conversion drop. Just a total classic. So maybe we'll see another classic. I don't well, know. Well, we saw, you know, we, we didn't. We were going to uh, – I want to bring this up uh, since you've been here for uh, the whole streak, right, the Virginia streak? Yes. Um, and, you know, I've done research kind of going back the last couple of weeks, but when you're there, it's different. Historically, where do you place that win sort of in the canon of the streak now? Um, you know, like where does it – is it the top victory for Virginia Tech in terms of sort of drama um, – 
obviously not i don't think the most important because when you're barely six and six you know uh, loses some luster but at the same time the team was down and came back so where do you kind of see this game in the history of the streak yeah it's definitely the most drama for sure uh i don't think there's any question and the ones i've well i guess i've seen all 15 so yeah um and and i i would dispute <laughs> whether this is one of the biggest ones in terms of, of for both programs yeah, yeah but i mean you, you could i think there's a lot of symbolism if virginia wins that game of maybe this program you know really falling on hard times and also another program kind of on the rise in in your state uh, looking to take some recruits, looking to take some of the prestige that you've had, um, and all that basically tech stiff-armed it by squeaking out a win. Um, so, I, you know, I thought it was one of the most important games I've ever covered for Virginia Tech, to be honest. Um, and I've covered games where they, you know, if they win, they go to the coast. I've covered ACC title games. I've covered Orange Bowls, Sugar Bowl a couple of times. Um I don't really. I don't want to overstate it and be a prisoner of the moment, but I mean, dramatically, that that game you couldn't have asked for more drama. Yeah. In terms of <laughs> what they needed to do to get to overtime, the drama of overtime. You know, Ryan Willis is almost tackled twenty yards behind the line in overtime. It would have put him out of field goal range. And, right. Um, that was a lot of wild. Uh, you know, in terms of the games I've covered the last five years, Division One. I mean, you don't get. I mean, th- those games are far and few between. And to have that in a rivalry game, I think you're right, dramatically, you couldn't have written a better script if you were trying to come up with something. Um, and in terms of what's kind of the second on that, what was the – was there any game, one possession? Or were there, there was a couple two-possession games. I know, you know, last year was 10 nothing. Oh, there was one uh, with Mike London. I can't remember which one. But he, he botched the, the timeouts late in the game. He botched – he completely blew – the, the game, game management, the game management, the time management, clock management, and he defended it to the death. And everyone, we none, nobody understood it. I mean, none of the reporters, he none didn't, of the fans didn't have to issue a mea copa after just said we're going to go with it. Even and I remember Tila texted him on the bus, and he was on the bus, and and he doubled down, and, and so he said, "I want to be clear. I, you know, I want to clarify my comments I made in, in the post game." And then he basically said the same thing. Um, so yeah, that was a. I think that was a three-point game, like a 17-14 type of game okay. or something like that. Um, there's been some that have, have been in jeopardy for sure. The One of the, my favorite games was when they unleashed Vic Hall because I'd been asking for Vic yeah, Hall. Yeah, that was great. I mean, and, and in an age where you don't have those surprises, right. someone was telling me about just how that week unfolded where they just had no kind of concept that that was what they were doing. Totally fooled, that, bud. That doesn't happen now, you know, no. with social media and, and uh, all the amount of coverage for teams that would have probably been pretty neat where you just have like a, just a complete <laughs> turn yeah that was really cool uh i guess i should predict the game too I mean, when i say that the this the gravity of 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 programs and all that i mean that's kind of contingent on virginia tech winning this next game it does it like, does make a difference because yeah. otherwise you're five and seven and the the delineation of the programs kind of sort of looks the same as it would have if virginia had won um because it was three points, and anybody who was there knows. I mean, that game probably should have been Virginia's at the very end. Um, I'm going to say Tech wins, and I'm going to say it's been it's you know pretty much how they've won any of their games that they've won this year. It's going to be a struggle, and it's going to be hard, and it's going to be in doubt, and they're going to win by three. So Marshall covers. I take What's the points. What's the score? What's the score? Uh, let's go 31-28. Something that so very similar to last in overtime or just regular? No, regular. just regular. The last time these two teams met was in 2013 and it went to overtime. 
I think it went to multiple overtimes, maybe three overtimes. Okay. Um, so I mean, I, I've seen the thundering herd um, give Tech fits before. Um, I remember one year they came in with uh, who was that quarterback that they had? Uh, it was really years good. and years ago. Years left, Leftwich. Yeah, Byron Leftwich and uh, Tech. Tech really took care of them. I mean, that was one where they looked like it might be a, a question mark, but Tech booted them easily. Uh, this most recent meeting was was definitely a struggle for, for the Hokies. All right, uh, before we get to our pick three, I wanted to mention one other thing that I didn't have on our sheet, but I, I wanted to mention it. We, we got the, ch- the chance to interview Dax Hollyfield today. A couple of freshmen, yeah, Trey Turner as well, yes. Yeah, Trey Turner was in the post game after the game on uh, on, Saturday, on Friday. Sorry, all my all my days are running together. Uh, but your your th- your thoughts on Hollyfield? I mean, he's such a energetic guy on the field. Uh, what, what did you think when you got? Oh yeah, and I'd done a, a big feature on him before the season, so I'd talked to kind of everybody around him. So I'd kind of gotten a good impression of what his personality was like. I talked to his dad, talked to his high school coach, talked to his his welding teacher. Uh, a lot of his made like, every time his welding's mentioned, I tweet out a link to the story because I did talk to his welding teacher about his. It was sort of emblematic of his passion and sort of how he approaches things. He doesn't just like something; he sort of throws himself into it completely. I mean, he wasn't just a a football player he was a, a basketball player he was a track athlete not a very good track athlete as dad jokes but uh, just a competitor and found ways to sort of compete any way he could um so i kind of knew that's kind of how he was um, um so nothing that he said or his energy at the the, the podium sort of surprised me because um, that's basically what everybody that knows him kind of talks about him like. he was a good quote though i mean yeah. I, i'm looking forward to having access to him in the future because i mean i think he can shed a lot of light on some of these games you know he just he's a kind of a just he, he seemed to be very comfortable, very at ease. Well, talking and, to us. and the impressive thing about him um, and Trey Turner, to some extent, because he was injured. You know, uh, uh, Holyfield wasn't an early enrollee. Uh, he got here uh, in the summer. Um, he wanted to finish uh, basketball season and his uh, and graduate. And um, very rare for a recruit of his caliber to be uh, not enrolled early because they want to get him on campus because he's a guy that they knew was going to play. Um, but and then got here late and still played and managed to find the starting role, you know, basically midway through the season, you know, Dylan Rivers got injured. But even before that, he was sort of splitting time. Um, and so you kind of see him. Um, he's basically the starter now. And I don't think he's going to leave that spot. I mean, maybe he moves over to the middle or, you know, he's going to be at linebacker now for the next three years if he doesn't go early. And, you know, gets uh, gets draft stock. But um, this is your future and Turner, too. Um, and that's one thing that I, I think you feel good about if you're, you know, Virginia's coming away with we have one more year of Bryce Perkins, but Virginia Tech's thinking, man, we got three more years with this, this guy Turner and, and Hollyfield. Right. You got Darsaw, who was the t- the national tackle of the week for pro football focus. Those guys are all freshmen. Um, and I said uh, in the last couple of weeks, I said, if you reframe this season um, and said this is going to be a rebuilding year, we need to kind of step up and find some gems. You got three. Three starters that are basically going to be, you know, unless they go NFL early, you're locked in, uh, you know, avoid injuries. Um, and that's a pretty good group, I think, those three. Um, you know, you got some quarterbacks on the roster. So, I mean, you know, and I know Virginia's thinking we got Perkins next year and things are looking up. But I don't, I don't see, you know, people have been doom and gloom. And, and you know, reasonably so. That This team's given up a lot of points. But I, I never got the sense that the program was as bad off as people were saying Um no, I, I agree. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't the, the, the you know the transfers kind of hurt, and I think gave people pause. But I, gosh, I just see you know they've got some talent, 
Uh, and young talent at that. Yeah. I mean, it's just hard for fans to keep their chins up when it's double-digit losses every week. They're just not used to it. Well, you haven't gone through it. Like you said, you're just not used to it. And so, um, you know, that Pittsburgh game was a punch in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Georgia Tech game was a punch in the face. And those were ugly games. But when you're a young team, you have to kind of go through some of that and and get it out of your system. So, you know, you hope – like if this game they did that, then you'd kind of be worried that they didn't get it out, you know. That would be an interesting column to write if they just get run off their own yeah, field. Yeah, on a playoff Saturday. game. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's I mean, like it'd be interesting. You know, you can't. You got to put up a better showing just because, you know, this is it right here. Um, yeah, if they were to lose like a two-point game or something, you'd kind of be like, well, they're just not very good. <laughs> you know, like. But if they were to get blown out, I'd be like, maybe there's bigger cracks here than than we're even. Well, now you look at it. Um, you know, we didn't mention it, but the Florida streaks. Florida State's streak is over. Their bowl streak, uh, their loss to Florida. And so now um, Virginia Tech sits atop sort of the active streaks, at least for one more week. Um, and if they lose, that's the – I think Georgia comes up at like 21. They have the, – they're, they're the next up. up. But, uh, yeah, Virginia Tech sits alone. And, and it's – you know, I went back. Uh, we have a story ready for Virginia Tech loses about what happens sort of after these streaks. Um, and it's not pretty <laughs> – <laughs> what the next, you know, what these teams go through. Right. The Nebraska's and stuff. Yeah, Michigan. Uh, uh, you know, you had to – most of them hit bottom or, or, or struggled to kind of rebound. Um, and it's sort of, you know, it's a, it, it, it's a question, I think, you know, Frank Beamer will be inducted to the Hall of Fame. Do, do these streaks sort of hurt you at times a little bit just because they set up that success where you can't have a bad year? You know, it's like he – at the end of the, his tenure, he couldn't have a bad year or fans, you know, lost their mind, right? Right. Yeah, there's some of that. And Fuente now built is, in pressure. he's young in his career, so he doesn't have that luxury where Frank was here for so many years that he could say, you know, like, come on. But Fuente doesn't have that. You know, he's this is this is still only his third year. Right. All right, you want to do a pick three? We can. You want me to start? Sure. Uh, we did see Wreck-It Ralph um, on Thanksgiving. Uh, much better than The Grinch. Uh, very funny about internet culture and, and sort of the uh, absurdity of some of these things. And... Uh, bit long um but uh fun uh kids enjoyed it um the disney princesses are in it and they kind of make fun of themselves and that was probably the the highlight very funny very self-aware um um but it was good it was like i said much better than the grinch but that's setting the bar pretty low because the grinch was 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 pretty rough um but uh yeah so that was my that's my first i think i'm gonna have to go see that record the record yeah it was good and sounds like it's uh, a solid well the previous iteration of this podcast uh we had a segment called um the picking a caskets tweet of the week and it was my worst tweet of the week you know and and how um, do you have bad tweets i mean they're all pretty good i have quite a few yes but i wanted to highlight i wanted to thank all those people who liked my booty call tweet i will read the tweet to you um it was shortly after the final whistle of the tech game and let's see. Booty call to Marshall is a go. Hashtag Hokies. So that's that's the tweet. 483 likes. Did you also get referenced retweet. by somebody too on Twitter? <laughs> Did it? I don't know. No, no, you're you all, uh, separately. Didn't you get some somebody to mention you and you were real excited about that? Oh, Brian Regan. Yes. 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 Brian so, Regan. I I quoted one of his jokes when Mayo Chup. Uh, is there, the Heinz came up with the man, mayonnaise and ketchup in the same uh, bottle. And Regan had a routine about how, you know, how lazy do you have to be to buy the peanut butter and jelly in the same jar? So I quoted him and tagged him, and he, he thanked me. And it was great. 
What was the tweet referencing? Just the the mayo chip. Okay. Yeah. You were just pontificating about it. I used his quote from the peanut butter and jelly in the same jar jokes to describe the with. Oh, okay, yours. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha, you. Gotcha. So, there, so that's mean, a big week for you on Twitter. I mean, that's, it was that's, a huge uh, week. You can't. I mean, you got. You probably should just shut it down after yeah, that. Yeah, I probably will. Um, number two, Black Friday shopping. Didn't get to do any of it this year because of the Friday game. I usually do some. Um, we ended up going to Barnes & Noble uh, with the kids on Saturday. Uh, they had, like, no deals. It was really disappointing. But uh, Black Friday shopping with children is, like, n- the worst thing in the world. <laughs> uh, they ended up getting stuff. I got nothing. Uh, I was really sad. I like reading. Um, and I like deals. Um, but uh, did not get to experience it this year, which was fine. I like covering football. Um, but trying to do it with the kids um, is just a no-go. Just a disaster. Yeah. And it's like, you know, because they're going to get stuff for Christmas, but they still want stuff now. Right. Um, and it's hard to pass up, you know, like a book for five. You know, we want to encourage reading. So I, I can never leave Barnes & Noble without a thing for, for them because, you know, it's, I'm not going to say no to a book. Right. Um, if it's Legos at Barnes & Noble, no, you can get those anywhere. But books, I'll let them have it. But it was uh, a disappointing shopping experience. Didn't get anything online. I just feel really sad. I don't have any packages coming. Hmm. Don't, don't you enjoy after you know shopping online after, and getting those I do. deals? Yeah, no, and, it's and fun. Have stuff uh, arrive at the door and get to play with your toys, but I didn't, I didn't get anything. Nah, man, I'm sorry. Well, hopefully things turn for you. Well, hopefully Santa comes. <laughs> well, you mentioned books. Uh, that's my second one. Uh, my wife, Jennifer, turned me on to this uh, app, Overdrive. Have you ever heard of it? I have not. Okay, basically, it, you link it to your li- local library, and you can check out ebooks. You can check out. Um, which is bigger for me is the audiobooks because I, yeah. I do a lot of walking and I like to listen to audiobooks. And I have an Audible subscription, but it's only, you know, one one book a month, basically. One free book a month. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this thing, now the, the only downside on it is, like, the waiting lists are really long for any book that's, you know, any of recent vintage. But, I mean, you can, you know. But those Richard Bachman books you could probably get pretty quick. Bachman, I didn't see any Bachman books on there, unfortunately. I did get a Stephen King book, uh, one of his short story compilation books, and it was very enjoyable. Um, so Overdrive, check it out if you're into, I mean, totally free as long as you have a library card. Um, pretty, pretty cool deal. Which library do you guys go to? Uh, we're at the Blue Ridge Library. Okay. It's part of the Roanoke We Valley haven't been libraries. to a public library yet. The kids love libraries. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got to get to one. I haven't been to the Blacksburg or Christiansburg. Um, I'm not sure how they are, but... Uh, Kids can get lost in there, but they're just a little too aggressive right now. For so I always feel bad taking the because they're really excited, and it's like you want to be respectful in the library. Come on, there's books in here. <laughs> so you gotta, you gotta be nice. Uh, third, Christmas decorations. We set the Christmas decorations up, um, and with kids again, just miserable. It's just terrible. <laughs> yes, we had the same experience. I mean, they put the ornaments up backwards. They want to break every single thing. Um, it's just uh, it's very stressful. I tried to stay out of it, uh, just detached. My wife wants to do life, lights outside this year, Ooh. and that sounds like the worst thing in the world. I saw my neighbor on a ladder yesterday climbing. He just looked so sad, just like putting lights up. It's just like, I, I mean, we're on a hill. Nobody could see him. Nobody's right. driving past. We're on a dead end street. So, I mean, it's like nobody's going to be driving for lights. I don't know. It just seems sort of like a waste of energy and time and I'm effort. with you. Yeah, we're in the same situation. Our driveway is like uh, up near the top of the hill. 
uh, and our kids are the same. Are you a fake tree guy or a real tree? Oh, guy? fake tree. I'm not yeah, going to do a real tree. I was real. My, my family growing up was real tree, uh, but now we're a fake tree. It's just yeah. easier. Yeah, smarter. 100%. <laughs> All right. Well, my last one, um, Bellevue Winery. Is I saw a picture of you at, at this. Uh, you yeah, uh, Jen, my wife, posted it on Facebook. There was just a random dog out there. But the nice day, whatever day that was, was that Sunday? Mm -hmm. uh, 60 degrees. We went down there. Jen had won at an auction, SPCA auction, uh, free wine tasting down there. I mean, she paid for it, but, I mean, it was a gift certificate. And uh, a pizza. You also got a pizza with it. And I have to say, the wine was good. It was solid. But the pizza was a stand up st pizza. stunningly delicious if you go get the vineyard pizza it has grapes on it which is bizarre yeah that, it's like that feta sounds cheese weird and gra i mean it's not an amac pizza in any stretch but i loved it maybe it was the wine but i loved it um, four bottles in and that pizza was delicious <laughs> well hokey fans will not be surprised to learn that i ran into somebody recognized me and they were a uva fan you will not be surprised to learn that at a winery there was a uva fan there but he was a very nice guy, and he said he enjoys reading us. So I appreciate people that enjoy reading us. Anything else we want to get to, or does that do it? Just, I think that's it. I mean, we got the. It's it's fun that the season got to continue. Uh, I hope it gets. Uh, you know, even though I predicted him to lose, I would be uh, upset if we got to have one more game, one more month of football. Um, it's sad when the season's over. Um, and you know, last week we talked about the best story. We got the best story last week. I mean, I guess that came through. So. Um, won't get greedy, but uh, yeah, that was fun. And, we, and like you said, the fans, uh, a lot of fans reading about the game uh, and, and reaching out and emailing. And uh, certainly everybody was watching. You got the sense that um, it was a real big one, especially with kind of you're alone on Thanksgiving, that Friday, the only game on. I mean, had a lot of eyeballs, I think, on it. Is there any chance we show up there Saturday and there's 30,000 people there? I don't see it. I'm, I mean, unless it's like a snow and ice or something I, I haven't looked at the forecast but um i get the sense that they made the game so cheap and with the general admission that they'll do pretty good would you be surprised i w wouldn't expect anything less than fifty thousand. i don't know you know it's funny like in minor league baseball you know the playoffs are always the least attended games because they're not the part of their well they're not part of the um season ticket package uh, okay. and and they're not on a schedule so you know if you have a pocket schedule with virginia tech and you're not following the team or whatever it's not even on there. So, I don't know. I just wonder. I mean, and it, I, I know Tech released some more to Marshall. And Marshall well, and then, but out. and the kids, uh, students get in for free. So, they had already 7,500 tickets claimed for students. Um, so, students. yeah. Okay. So, um, that's another wrinkle where you're probably going to get a lot of students just because, you, know, you know, they weren't on campus for Friday's game, but they'll be on campus here uh, now. So, um, they might help juice that number a little bit. I don't know if I'd say sellout, but I think I think it's got to be pretty big just because, you know, you had to win last week, so fans are f feeling pretty good about, um, you know, last week's win. They want to see another. Yeah, and you only have another chance to go to a hockey game for a year. Twenty five bucks. I mean, that you can't get it. You can't yeah, get into a movie for that. No, that's the kind of game you take your kid. You know, yeah, absolutely. Like a family of four, right. you know, only a hundred bucks instead of like four hundred dollars. Exactly. So, um, exactly. yeah, I wouldn't expect it to be unless, like, so the weather goes haywire, hmm. um, and then that could make for a more interesting game anyway. Just a dog fight and you know, twenty degree weather with ice or snow or like something. Like that Washington State game. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <laughs> but no, it should be uh, it should be fun. Okay. Well, we'll be there to cover it all. Be sure to check out. 
Mike's coverage on Roanoke.com heading up to the game and after the game. And we'll get back together again next week and talk it all over. For Mike Nizolik, this is Aaron McFarlane. Thank you for joining us.